We just race our race and uh, uh, we do what we can uh, until until we die. Hey, podcast listener, you're listening to the Semi Pro Cycling Podcast, the weekly podcast where we discuss all the issues that cyclists talk about. Whether you're out training, commuting, or just riding around, sit down and listen in because we're about to begin. I got something to say, man. Yo-ho! Welcome to episode 5 of the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast, where we believe that only a semi-pro cyclist will never turn down free lube due to embarrassment. If you stick around to the end, I'll fill you in on the quote from the top of the show and let you know who will do what they can until they die. The podcast, it is on iTunes and you can subscribe by going to semiprocycling.com and clicking on the iTunes picture. Also, if you like the show, please take some time out and give us a 5-star rating on iTunes. Thanks. Well, the Olympics, the big news of the last week. It was a great race. I enjoyed, as much as the race itself, the scenery, the sun, the country lanes. I just wanted to get out and actually go riding with these guys. Or even on my own, I don't care. It just seemed like it was a a cool course. I was really digging it. But before I go too far with the Olympics, did you happen to catch Phil Liggett's comments on mountain biking and BMX and their inclusion in the Olympics against track events? Well, here's a couple of quotes. It is absolutely disgraceful what they have done. They have devastated the track with the new events and taking out iconic events of the Olympics. We have never had a good mountain biking event. Thousands will watch them, but they are not Olympic gold medal events. They weren't meant to be in the Olympics. Wow. Bang. Obviously, he's a traditionalist. And while I personally do enjoy the track events, I also see the appeal of the newer forms of cycling hitting the Olympics. It makes such sense that the, that they just want to evolve the sport. And this is the thing. The money is in mountain biking and road racing. It's not in track. So the better riders are being attracted to these other forms of racing. Track, to me, has always been a feeder for these types of things. I couldn't say that I'm disappointed in what they've done. I personally have no problems with it, and especially mountain biking. You know, I started off mountain biking. My my heart is in mountain biking. And on that note, I do want to give a huge good luck and a huge go hard to the MTB races rep in Australia, Beck Henderson, Saturday the 11th of August. She's been smashing it in the under-23 World Cups. And Dan McConnell on Sunday the 12th of August. Uh, The Aussie boy putting it in. He was at the last Olympics. He's been starting to move up into the top 20 in World Cups. If he cracks top 15, that would be a solid result but anyway there's a couple of weeks to that but I wanted to say good luck now so the performances and she Vino awesome I'm so happy he cops a lot of heat but he is a classy rider and I'm so happy for him it's a great way to end a solid career he's always in the mix I'm glad that this pulled off for him one one side note something that left a big mark on me was the show of emotion from Cancellara at the end of the race I'm not going to say that he's human because it's a bit cliche, but I I do want to say that I just really felt the heartbreak. I felt that the pressure that these guys put themselves on, let alone the pressure from sponsors and country and all the rest of it, it was quite clear to see after a pretty dismal crash and a pretty crap mistake and the second time this year that he's gone down at a crucial moment of a race. It wasn't nice to see him in pain, but it was nice to be exposed to that side of pro cycling and that side of a pro cyclist. Let's now get to the nuts and bolts. And this week, I got a request from Josh. You can reach him at ow.playground.net. He brought beet juice to my attention, and I took it from there. 
So this week's Nuts and Bolts, performance-enhancing drinks to make you ride harder and recover quicker. Let me say first that this is a minefield. There are so many research papers and blogs. Everyone has their opinion on this topic. This is mine. I'm not a doctor, nutritionist, or even a coach. What I can say is I have experienced with almost everything that I recommend on this podcast. But please, 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 before you do anything, research it yourself. If you're going to try it out, try it out in training. Do not rock up to a race and try something new out. It's just going to hurt you. There is no good that can come from it. Once you do have something down, stick with it. Stick with it for at least a season to see what the benefits over the longer period are. There's no use just trying something once or twice and then either dismissing it or forgetting about it. Plan it into how you're going to approach your writing, including before, during, and after, which is exactly what I'm going to talk about now, the pre-ride the pre-ride juice up, the beet juice. So I'm recommending trying beet juice pre-ride. Straight up, i got to say I haven't tried it. It seems to have crept into the pro cycling sphere with teams like Garmin using it at tours such as Tour of California. I'm sure there are other teams using it. There has to be other teams using it. It's probably a big secret, uh, so so you're not going to find out about it. Evidence that's out there at the moment, there's not a lot of it, but the evidence that is out there at the moment definitely points to an advantage to using it. So what is it? It's an ergogenetic aid. What are they? They're substances that are taken in concentrated forms to achieve a specific performance benefit. Evidence is starting to accumulate to support nitrates, beetroot juice for induced performance. So what are the performance benefits? Professor Andrew Jones, this is the guy from... University of Exeter. He's the lead author on research in a study on beats and cycling performance. So let's have a listen to him. Groundbreaking trials by sports and health science researchers show that drinking half a litre of beetroot juice a day can help improve endurance levels due to the vegetable's naturally high levels of nitrates. We found a significant reduction in the oxygen cost of exercise, which implies that the energy demand of exercising at a particular work rate is significantly lower. Uh, when we extended um, our studies to, to ask our subjects to, to exercise to exhaustion, we found that they were able to go significantly longer at the same high-intensity work rate. So there seemed to be a performance benefit as well. The reduction in the oxygen cost of exercise during submaximal work was uh, of the order of 5 to 10 percent, which is really quite, uh, quite meaningful. And then the improvement in the times to exhaustion at a high-intensity work rate were of the order of 15 to 20 percent. Let's listen now to Dr. Alan Liam on a bit more of a clearer explanation of that. There's a lot of evidence that shows that the dietary nitrates in beets can actually improve the gross mechanical efficiency of riders. That means that for a given power output, they don't have to actually consume as much energy. So they're able to actually eat less, be a lot more powerful. Um, The nitrates also help to open up blood vessels in their legs during exercise. So uh, guys feel a lot stronger when they're on the beet juice. We've been doing this for a long time. The recipe that we use is basically two thirds beet juice and the last third carrots, apples, maybe a little citrus or orange juice. I really like putting in blood oranges. Dr. Alan Lim threw in a bit of a recipe in there as well, which hopefully is enough for you to give it a go. I'll link to the video in the show notes so you can. That's it for me. I think they explained it finally. I'm not going to break it down any further than that. The next step is to actually give it a go. So the recommendation to take it is before the ride. Now, 
to me, it seems like a pretty heavy substance. So I would start out taking it or drinking it two hours before a ride, just as you would with any type of food, and then moving up to an hour if you can stomach it. Here's one last bit of advice, though. It's kind of interesting. In some ways, this could be seen as a, a fad or a trend or, or, or something that's not actually going to make you a better rider if this is the only thing that you're doing. I have a theory about any performance-enhancing object or food or whatever it may be, you know, racing carbon wheels or aerodynamic positions or helmets or whatever it is. You're talking small benefits here on the top of, say, in the case of pro cycling, on the top of everything else being optimized. So if you're a punter like myself the actual benefit might not be as big as just going out and training. I did find something interesting from a guy, Brian Shee, a New Jersey-based nutritionist. He says here that the nitrates in beet juice are also found in other green leafy vegetables, but to replicate the benefits described, an athlete would have to consume an impossibly large amount of them. He goes on to say, I never want athletes to use supplements like this as a crutch to cover up on a lack of training, rest, or proper nutrition. Something like beetroot juice would be the icing on the cake, but a lot of people don't have any cake yet. Wait until you have a nice cake or training base, and then we'll worry about decorating it. That sums it up for me as far as any performance-enhancing product I'm interested. I've been convinced enough to try it. I'm interested and see what it does for me. And and this is the biggest thing, actually testing it and seeing if there's a result for myself. So I am going to give it a go before I make my final decision on this stuff. I'm going to buy some beets this week and rip it up. Hopefully my poor blender can handle the uh, the abuse it's about to get. But I'll report back to you. And I'm also interested, I'm really interested to hear whether anybody is currently using it or if they do use it, what happens or what happened. Write a comment, send me a tweet, whatever it is. I'd like to hear some anecdotal evidence to kind of back up what's, what's already been said. So let's move to what to drink during riding to enhance performance. It's a pretty simple one. It's water. What is it? What's water? I'm not going to explain what water is. I'm going to try and move into here into the performance benefits. And I want to recommend that you drink water. But here's a little insight from Max Wonderly. A 1% state of dehydration will negatively impact your performance by as much as 10 to 12%. That is a massive change in performance. It's a huge claim. When I'm talking about the definition of dehydration, I always think about a 3% body loss in fluids. Now, he's talking a 1% loss can lead to a 10% loss in performance. That is huge. It's less like a performance boost, but it's more like a performance reduction if it's not maintained. So you're not going to get up to the level that you've been training at and that and that you potentially could perform at. When to take it? I'm talking about during a ride. I'm but I'm also talking about all the time. So just a little bit more from Max here. Does anybody know how much water they should be drinking every day regardless of fitness? Bingo. Half your body weight in ounces. And that is not inclusive of any training. If you're training, that's another 16 to 20 ounces an hour. But outside of the rest of the day, if you weigh 150 pounds, you got another assignment of 75 ounces for the rest of the day. That is the 72, 73 degree answer. You want the 78, you want the 82, the 84? Tell you what, at about 88, somebody who's 160 pounds ought to be putting down 32 to 34 ounces an hour. I don't consume that much water. And doing the math, converting it to metric for us Australian folks, the equation of daily drinking outside of the training times, you can roughly break it down of a rough calculation of body weight in kilos divided by 31. 
and that's going to equal your liters per day. So for me, at 70 kilos, that's 2.3 liters a day outside of exercise. So what is he talking about during exercise? He's talking about if it's 22, 23 degrees outside, that's when you're consuming half a liter of water per hour. If the temperature has increased or the temperature is 30 degrees, talking about one liter per hour, this is an aspirational goal in my mind. One liter per hour practically in a sport, especially a sport say like mountain biking, is probably almost impossible. Although I've always been taught one bitten per lap. This kind of works in there. It's upping it a little bit when we're getting hotter. But overall, that's a lot of water. So I have been trying recently to stick to this. So just to finish on water, here's another clip to back me up. Most people, if they're just exercising for half an hour or an hour, really don't need an electrolyte replacement drink. All they need to rehydrate is water. And for those who really are perspiring very hard, um, you know, your Ironman triathletes who do need electrolyte replacement, the mineral that they need most is sodium. What I'll say here is that food usually fills the sodium and carb gap for me. But another trick that I have done is adding salt and lemon juice into one bidden. It would be interesting to see people out there trying this for themselves to see how their body reacts to it. I find that the, the lemon juice balances out the salt, so then the taste, I'm a, I'm a fiend for lemon anyway, so then I really enjoy the taste and I'll get it down. I won't have any problems wanting to drink. Do you have white crusty marks on your back and do you also have them on your helmet straps or whatever? Because if you do, you, you may need to think about sodium intake seriously. If you're worried about cramps, try pickle juice. Now, that's interesting and I'm really, I'm not going to go into it here. But there are some studies that say that pickle juice is a good way of relieving cramps. Now... I do have a note on sport drinks. No sport drinks for me. I don't believe in them. I don't see the benefit of actually having a sport drink when I can put everything into my body. It's not that I'm trying to do everything in a natural way or whatever. I just don't see what buying a sport drink for four or five bucks is going to do in a ride that, that's something that you can just pull from your cupboard can do just as good. It's just too much marketing hype for me. I will link to the Australian Institute of Sports fact sheet on sports drinks and you can see for yourself if they make a compelling argument. I read it and it's interesting, but it's not enough to get me to switch to sport drinks. So the next thing to consume during a ride is caffeine. Now, we all know that it's tightly linked to cycling and it's more than just chamois time at your local cafe. Let's take a look at it. What is it? It's another ergogenetic aid. Again, these are substances taken in concentrated forms to achieve a specific performance benefit. Caffeine is one that is been shown in well-designed studies to improve performance. So how, firstly, can we get it into the system? Coke has about 32 milligrams of caffeine in a can. Tea has about the same. Black teas have more caffeine. Green tea has about 15 to 20 milligrams. Coffee is the powerhouse. A cup of coffee has about 110 milligrams, depending on the quality. There is another way, though, that you can take caffeine without the coffee and get as many milligrams as coffee. It's called an AeroShot. It came out last year or the year before. It's more like an inhaler that gives you a quick boost through your system. I'm going to put the link up there. Check it out. I haven't used this, but I think there could be benefits to using this in races. If anyone's going to try these things out before I get a chance to do it, let me know. 
So what are the benefits of caffeine? Caffeine has been shown to improve performances over a variety of distances and types of races. I'm going to read a systematic review here on the effect of caffeine on sport-specific endurance performance. Just a little bit from the abstract. Effect of caffeine on time trial endurance greater than 5-minute performance. A literature search revealed 21 studies with a total of 33 identifiable caffeine treatments that measured endurance performance with a time trial component. The mean improvement in performance with caffeine indigestion was 3.2 plus or minus 4.3%. However, this improvement was highly variable between studies. The high degree of variability may have been dependent on a number of factors, including ingestion timing, indigestion, mode, vehicle, and subject habitation. Further research should seek to identify individual factors that mediate the large range of improvements observed with caffeine ingestion. In conclusion, caffeine ingestion can be an effective ergogenetic aid for endurance cyclists when taken before and or during exercise in moderate quantities. 3 to 6 milligrams per body kilo of body mass. Abstaining from caffeine at least 7 days before use will give the greatest chance of optimizing the ergogenetic effect. So we've got 21 studies here that were reviewed saying there is a performance effect when it's over the 5 minutes and it's in a time trial. Check out this though. For as long as I've raced, people have been using coke in the final stages of races. Uh, I'm specifically talking about like the last lap of mountain bike races where the last bidden that went to the rider had flat coke or pepsi whatever your preference was the funny thing is that someone back then um late 90s well 97 did a survey of the top pro u.s road teams at the time and found that roughly 90 percent of teams consumed coke and in all cases towards the end of two to six hour races i do know that people are still using this technique today is there any evidence that coke actually works as a performance enhancer Well, it's the caffeine in Coke that's the factor here, and because of the low amount of caffeine compared to coffee, your tolerance is something to consider. If you're a regular drinker, the effects may be lost on you. So, as recommended in the literature review, try and sustain from drinking it for one week before a race and see if it has any changes on your performance. So, when to take it? For shorter races, take uh, a dose of approximately 3 to 6 milligrams of milligrams per kilo of body weight, approximately 60 minutes before the start. It takes that long before it's in your system and working. And for long events, do the same at the start and then take approximately 50 milligrams per hour of racing. So that's about one and a half cokes an hour. Try it defizzed and diluted in water. So, recovery, after ride, post ride. So, what I'm talking about here are drinks that provide energy via protein in a convenient form, protein powders. For me, these replace normal food as a convenience thing. It's just a practical way to get protein into my system in the 30-minute window after a ride. Specifically, I'm talking about whey protein. So what is it? Whey is a group of proteins found in milk. It's about 20% of total proteins by weight. Now, the powder itself that you buy is made from waste products. It's a waste product of cheese making, curds and whey, and it comes in two forms. Once filtered, whey protein concentrate and whey protein isolate. So the whey protein concentrate, it's 80% protein by weight and is produced by passing the whey through an ultra-fine filter. Most of the lactose and minerals pass through leaving mainly protein in the filter. Whey protein concentrate does contain some lactose. In contrast to this, whey protein isolate is 90% protein by weight produced by further filtration and whey protein isolate contains almost no carbohydrates. There is really nothing to suggest one's better than the other so just use whey protein isolate as it's lower in lactose and has 10% more protein.
So why do you need protein? Well, protein is vital to the repair and recovery of tissue after a ride. Not only should you be rebuilding your fuel stores immediately after a ride, but you also need to repair damaged muscle fibers as soon as possible. So the benefits to recovery, the performance benefits or recovery benefits, there's clear evidence that whey protein can help enhance recovery. It aids the muscles in repairing themselves and building themselves up to promote adaption to training. There's also evidence to suggest that whey protein can help manage weight and body composition. When to take it? Immediately after hard training sessions. If you drink right then, your body will get stronger, fitter, and recover faster. So how much do you need? Well, depending on the amount and the intensity of your cycling, the recommended range is 1.2 to 1.4 protein per kilograms of body weight per day. So I'm talking about 30 grams of whey protein isolate with water, which should get you about 130 calories and 5 grams of carbs and 25 grams of protein. You can flavor it with some honey or some frozen berries, but just don't go overboard with those things because they can be large calorie trapped. Once you're done with the protein shake, after you're showered and dressed, eat something more substantial with carbs and protein to top up your daily recommended limit to prepare your body for the next ride. Okay, now what's the conclusion of all of these things? So I've just written down four main takeaways from what, what I've been talking about. First one, try beet juice for yourself to see if the scientific evidence can be proven in your writing and let me know how you go. Number two, work out your daily water consumption and hourly rate during exercise based on the temperature that you're riding in or exercising in and try some salt and lemon in your water. Number three, try restraining from coffee for one week and then try coffee and or coke in a ride or race to see if it works for you. Let me know what the result is. The final one and number four, get some whey protein isolate and make shakes after your ride for recovery and tell me if you notice the difference on your next ride. Let's get to the tech, hacks, and products section. I've got a homemade gel recipe here. I started using this when I was looking for an alternative to buying gels and buying protein bars. I wanted something that I could ingest quickly and that I could just wash down with water. At the time, I was carrying a camelback that had two liters of water, so I did have enough water to be able to wash this down. I went through a few recipes, and I experimented a fair bit. I did come up with my final solution in the end, and I'll put the recipe up on the show notes so you can try it out for yourself. Okay, so the recipe itself delivers 320 calories, which is a little more than three packets of goo, the brand name Goo Gels. The ingredients, 65 grams of maltodextrin. It's basically just brewer's sugar. And on a quick side note, you can add this stuff to food and drink at any time to boost carbohydrates. It's especially useful post-ride if you want to restore carbohydrate stores quickly. 15 grams of dextrose. Dextrose is quite similar in taste to sucrose, which is just table sugar, but it has a higher glycemic index. This means it causes a more rapid increase in blood glucose levels, which provides quick energy boost, but it can eventually result in low blood sugar. So dextrose is therefore often mixed with other sugars to help temper those effects, and that's why I've got the two types of sugar in there. 15 grams of sport drink powder. I only use this for flavor so uh, I there was an orange one I don't know what brand it is it was a, just a cheapie and it was just for flavor I, I didn't actually experiment too much with the flavor options once I found what I liked and it worked I just stuck with it I'm sure you could do things like um, putting fruit juice in there that just didn't work for me I, I like a strong flavor some people like a, a watered down flavor but I, I actually prefer a strong flavor half a teaspoon of salt which is about three grams and I use a goo flask to put these in and the amount of water is I would just fill up nearly to the top maybe leaving a centimeter or centimeter 
centimetre and a half and not getting to the top and that's about the amount of water which I think it's about half a cup of water but you just have to experiment yourself. I use a goo flask if you don't know what this is it's just a small container that has a bit of nozzle. Preparation of this stuff is to measure it all up, put it in a glass jar and then add, adding the water and then so you can put the lid on and shake it, taking the lid off, putting it in the microwave just to heat it so it activates a little bit more and then you're going to have to stir it a bit more so it mixes in better and you just want the mixture to be fully dissolved by the time it hits the goo flask. This does need to be warm so that it can be fully dissolved when you're using it. Usually just sticking it in your jersey pocket is enough but if you're done it the day before then you may need to whip it in the microwave especially if it's a freezing cold morning. Alright, now let's get to the quote from the top of the show. It's Cancellara talking about team tactics going into 2011 Paris-Roubaix. Well, he didn't write until he died. He came second. And that's all I got for you. So that's it. Until next time, get on your bike, enjoy the pain cave or the hurt box, whichever one you're into. And then he was just leaning down to get something out of his suitcase. And I could see like the skin on his hair through his hairs. And I, I, I was about to say, Stewie, I think you start to get bald. And as I said, Stewie, I think you, and he looked up to me really angry. Don't even dare to go there. Don't even say it. So as if he could have read my mind, he knew exactly what I wanted to say. You know that, like, it looks like he's losing some hair. Don't even go there. Don't even say it. And of course, I shut up and didn't say anything, you know.